0: When Ryan's, when it's time to begin,
1: it's on the rewind Round with John Pollock and Waiting, the A team that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site.
0: It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Waiting the mic.
1: Hello, everyone. It's John Pollock and Waiting. Another week begins at post wrestling. Are you ready for it, Way?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think okay. I'm ready.
1: You yeah. could say no and we just
0: stop right here. Will you just will you give me more time? Will you, how long how much time am I granted to get ready for the week?
1: I just sit here. I'd wait with all the listeners and you just take a walk, go for a few laps around the house and whenever you come back, we'll just be waiting here until you're ready to start
0: the week. Sometimes you're kind of forced to to wait for me um you know when when i have any sort of technical issue of course but i'm i'm ready this week are you in full uh, toronto blue jays mode now based on your attire oh of course huge yeah you don't know i don't just wear clothes for the sake of wearing clothes john everything i wear has to have some sort of meaning oh right? i i, I sent a little
1: defensiveness in that what? that response i i get the sense that you are uh feeling that i'm putting you on the spot i'm not the guy who's been concerned about sports this past week <laughs> have i been concerned about sports i, mean, I think I've been, I've been the opposite of concern tweeting a lot sports. Of,
0: of, about sports I, I i've seen i'm just pointing out what i'm what i'm watching how was the leafs game last week it was awesome it was great do you watch Exciting the game, game? you watch yeah.
1: team that I, I thought was going to win one and the the team that was outplayed lost it's like the the hockey gods got that one right so now it's off and now we're doing now the the other fun part of a toronto maple leaf spring is uh they've been eliminated so let's blow the whole thing up every year without fail like let's just blow this whole thing up i love so it it's what, just, do it's what do you mean what do you mean
0: they're they're just restarting the team like what they're getting rid of everybody what no are
1: they, are they are they're gonna fire the gm because you, you got to blame someone you got to uh you got to pass all this blame and there's nothing the city loves more than the intrigue of what are they going who's going to pay for this who's going to answer for my anger
0: as a fan who who is going to lose their job over this wouldn't wouldn't they want to keep most of this this team i mean if if they got the furthest they've gotten in i would these years this would be a dramatic increase over past years
1: it's their first playoff series win in 19 years but that's not Mm -hmm. enough it's not enough. They have re- they have ridiculous expectations.
0: Oh, okay. Well, hey.
1: So, I'm, I'm we'll do this again next year. Maybe they'll be out in the first round next year. So it'll just be a couple weeks earlier that we'll get to this. But anyway, there you have it. Let us go into uh, – well, first, I want to mention that uh, – because I will forget this later. Are you counting down the days until the forbidden pour?
0: Of course I am. Yeah. Um... 20 or sorry 40 days not. forty days am I right I think so uh give Ooh. or take yes june days. the
1: 25th Sunday at a real sports bar in downtown Toronto get your tickets now they are moving they're continuing to move we're seeing like the uh anytime you get those notifications it's just a nice little like pep in your step you get when you see when you see these coming in but they are uh fast and furious not the movie but the the tickets are going out the window uh you can Secure your own at postwrestling.com slash live. Come join us for the pre-show Q&A podcast with some of your favorite people in general that will be under one roof. And then go check out Forbidden Door and come right back after for the after party at Real Sports right across the street from the Scotiabank Arena. You could be coming out of the Scotiabank Arena. You'll be happy because... it's not going to be a hockey game. It's going to be a wrestling show that you'll probably, you know, your favorite might win. And then just make your way on up and check out the wrestling karaoke, wrestling themed drinks, and uh wrestling themed Braden Harrington.
0: As always, yes, the wrestling theme Braden Harrington. I I mean it'll be the place to be, honestly, before and after. If you're in the area, please. You have no excuse not to join us. If you're listening to the show, it'll be a great time. We guarantee it. Yes.
1: Actually, we're going head-to-head, I think,
0: with a uh, uh, progress show with Defy. I know. Yeah. So, uh, well, I mean, do both, you know? So, uh, uh, you can't do both. Well, I mean, you know, if you're fast enough, I believe they're pretty close as well. So uh, If he was coming over, you know where Benno would choose to be. He'd be with us. Uh, I, I guess. I don't know. I'm not
1: sure. Is I'd, that I'd, so? I'd, I'd put my <laughs> I'd, I'd put all my money on Benno choosing us.
0: Well, okay.
1: Well, great. Okay. Well, nonetheless, you can do it all. Uh, maybe, maybe Hansi will go to the progress show and then he'll, uh, he'll tell us afterwards. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I, uh, I yeah. meant to, I meant to come to yours and I went to the wrong place. Like and he did with, watched...
0: the, with, uh, with, uh, what was the other show he was on? He went to busted open. He went to the, that's, right. that's right. He chose he chose the chose the I'm fine. As long as we're in people's like top five, I yeah. won't, I won't take top
1: 10, but top five, top all five, right. we got to be in or else you're out of the club.
0: Um, that's fine. Yeah.
1: That is coming up Sunday, June the 25th. We'll, we'll go on, um, We'll talk about the shows coming up uh, later on this week. We have a bunch of them, quite a lot coming up this week. But we will start off with the news. And this is a um, it continues to be a very sad story. And unfortunately, it might be getting towards the end. Uh, And that is with superstar Billy Graham, who from the latest update from his wife, Valerie, is that he has been put on life support and the doctors want to take him off of life support. And Valerie has uh, denied them that that option so it is it is looking pretty dire for uh Wayne Coleman aka superstar Billy Graham and this will be you know somebody that um certainly there will be the time and the place to look into the the legacy of this individual a huge influence on many many uh giant individuals in the sport he is also somebody that had you know he was very much in, involved in all of the stuff of the the early 90s and going out against Vince McMahon, against the company, um, you know, put out some like uh, false accusations. Um, You know, somebody that you can certainly uh, talk at length about, but not really the time at this point, but it's, I mean, there's not a whole lot to say other than, you know, we we are thinking of Valerie Coleman, who is somebody that has been, um, you know, she has been with this individual her entire adult life. And when you look at, what this man has gone through health wise, career wise uh, from this industry. I mean, she has been there um, riding shotgun for all of this. She has been through a a tremendous amount in her life uh, being married to uh, Billy Graham. And it's just got to be a a devastating period for her as well.
0: Completely. Yeah. It's again, um, incredibly sad because we're kind of like living through this in real time. And um it's 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 always always difficult to you know hear about anybody who's a professional wrestling sort of a legend somebody that we've spoken to and has uh, have enjoyed the work of um go through this so yeah our thoughts are with her
1: the upfront presentations are going on this week today nbc universal and fox held their presentations although not a whole lot To report wrestling wise from the involvement of wwe other than a couple of mentions here or there which i I don't think you can really uh read anything into the big one is wednesday with warner brothers discovery and the fact we know that we are getting the big announcement from AEW. the question becomes how many announcements they are making and what the specifics are there's a lot of reporting out there i think everyone understands at minimum you're getting the the saturday night show the latest report from wade keller at the pro wrestling torch is expecting that the announcements this week will be a new saturday two-hour primetime program called collision a content agreement with the recently rebranded max streaming service and roughly 240 million dollars in rights fees overall on an average uh, over the course of a five-year period so if, if that turns out to be accurate, we're going from uh, people speculating about a $1 billion deal to a $1.2 billion deal, give or take, uh, whatever the amount is. A big question of that is a content agreement with Max, what would that entail? Would that be uh, specials? Would that be uprooting your pay-per-view business onto Max? Would it be a, something like an, an all-in and we'd see more of those specials? that's a big question because that is certainly a big revenue generator for them. What would they be? You know, that would certainly bump this up. And uh, for the sake of Warner brothers discovery, I mean, once we're talking into the billions, like this is a transformative uh, deal for AEW that we will likely be discussing come Wednesday.
0: Yeah. 5.5 X increase. If this, you know, report from Keller is true. I mean, I, I feel like that's over a lot of people's estimates on, on what they would be getting. And, I think is really great uh, for professional wrestling. If that is the case at that point, you no longer really, I mean, even at this point, I don't think you could really like, you know, say are there really, is there really a second competitor? Is there really a competitor to the WWE? The answer has been yes. And if this deal goes through, then the answer is more than just a yes. It, it It's a firm establishing of a competitor to the WWE. And it's great for everybody. If so, it's,
1: it, then becomes the second biggest wrestling company in history at, mm. at this point. If we are looking at this deal, it is unchecked profitability for this company. It is a long-term commitment. It is like, quite honestly, I think even, even the grandest skeptic, well, maybe I won't say the the largest skeptic of AEW, but the, uh, the moderate skeptic of AEW, this company was not going away. Mm. Um, I think like that is, I think they're on enough solid ground that they were not going to go away here, but this was um, this was a major one for them to take that leap forward of, are they making money? Are they not making money? And this would take them like when we're going from 44 million to 240 million a year in that range, like that is just, it's, it's another level of security and most importantly for talent of an undeniable option that you will always have when your deal comes comes due that they will have the ability to go after major names and hopefully drive up the floor for a lot of these big performers.
0: I believe like Brandon on WrestleMania this week uh, said something to the effect of he believes that AEW up until this point has been operating a, at a loss and if if a deal like this comes goes through, then you would hope that it means that the company is now actually profitable. And when the company is, is profitable, I mean, I I don't think AEW was going to be going away. But if but certainly now this would mitigate any sort of reason for I guess significant cutback. And in fact, will pave the way for expansion. That you know, I mean, they already have a pretty, quite quite the roster, but you know, now they can pay potentially more competitive pricing for uh, people that are even out of their reach. Um, and who knows what else? So. Yeah.
1: And then it becomes the like what comes with this financial security, though, is your weekly output. Like you have to produce all of this content. You have to keep your audience engaged. uh, But that is going to be figured into all of this. Like this is going to be a tremendous amount of product that this that both companies are putting out on a weekly basis. And then that becomes, you know, the, the next evolution of AEW is with the addition of the Saturday night program.
0: It's going to be a challenge to make all of it interesting. But the WWE has been able to make that work. You know, we, we might bitch a whole lot about these Mondays being three hours. But, hey, they, they're they still very successful at those three hours. They, they're they successful producing five hours of, I mean, seven hours of first run programming along with their pay-per-views. And um, if it shows you that there's an appetite, there's a prof- appetite for professional wrestling. And um, maybe AEW can pull it off. Let's see. Do you expect to see any AEW appearances
1: at the upfronts?
0: Well, what's really interesting is I actually just kind of um, Googled um, Warner Brothers Discovery, and I just found this uh, variety article um, that says that Warner Brothers Discovery asked talent not to appear in person at upfronts amid writer's strike. Now, I don't know if that would include professional, wrestlings, uh, professional wrestlers or not, but um, I it would be a little unusual maybe to not have any um, – actors but professional wrestlers. There. Well, today at
1: the at the NBCU upfronts, yeah, they they aired stuff that had been taped prior to the to the to the writers strike. They had uh you know, they they just uh, got around it in in certain, like it is this giant cloud that is over the upfronts this week where it is these extravagant presentations where mm-hmm. they are courting advertiser dollars uh amid, you know, picket lines outside and
0: so you it's know, for it's, the safety of, of the talent i guess is part of the reasoning
1: well it's also i mean you're also running into where the directors guild and the screen actors guild i mean they mm-hmm. they themselves could end up uh, you know joining the, the writers in
0: several weeks so politically so not well. pe- put actors in an uncomfortable situation as well i guess
1: it's also very interesting that and typically wwe would send a uh, talent to these and i'm not aware of anyone appearing at the at the once today, and it might be completely disconnected. But it was interesting that Nick Khan did not take some passive uh, stance on the on the writers' strike uh, recently on the investors' call. Said they solidly support the writers. I mean, mm-hmm. they like took a public stance on you know that that side of things, even though they don't hire. even though their writers are not part of the guild even though their talent are not part of a screen actors guild but they are supporting the union seems like at least least nick Khan was publicly
0: i guess it just seems like it's the politically like fan friendly thing to say
1: fan friendly but it was like this is a company that does not typically take those kinds of uh you know public backings uh of sorts Mm -hmm. but obviously wwe very pro union yeah obviously clearly (laughs) Anyway, we will be talking about this a lot on uh, on Wednesday and on Friday. Brandon Thurston and I will be interviewing Tony Maglio, who is a reporter with IndieWire, and he is attending all of the upfronts, so he will be joining us on Friday, and we'll be doing a big dissection of the AEW deal. Now, on Friday, I know what Way was about to do all weekend. He was about to sit back and read his latest book, but then the WWE made a five hundred and fifty-page SEC filing, and Way okay. was like. Boom! Let's get this on my Kindle immediately. And uh, way you devoured this thing.
0: Oh, I pu- I put it up. Um, I I got ChatGPT to read it up for me. Put it out on the big screen. Actually, I got ChatGPT to act it out for me uh, using AI um, models. Was it done in the voice of Vince McMahon because he was the one that
1: sure. ap- apparently this guy was the straw stirring the drink of these negotiations? Um, so we're gonna read the first three hundred pages. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, shall I uh get a coffee?
0: Like do do we have time for it?
1: Uh Siri, read us the SEC <laughs> filing from Friday please. There's actually a lot of uh, interesting information in here. It's it's notable t- to me that this is not something I know some MMA reporters have um checked this out, but I haven't seen this really, um, you know, appearing on a whole lot of MMA sites unless I'm, like, missing stuff. But there's a ton of financial information here of the breakdown of UFC over the years, what they're projecting uh, with, with the merger.
0: Um, I've seen in, this just more in general. In the, do you find, like, the, in the MMA sort of news space, uh, there's as much sort of uh, reporting on on the business side of things? There, there's
1: some of it. Like, John Nash at, at Bloody Elbow, like, he does a really great job. Paul Gift. Like, it, it's, it's certainly, like um, – I don't even want to necessarily compare it with wrestling. Like it's it's not as though it's um I think that there is more attention just because the biggest company in WWE has been publicly traded for so long that there mm. is sort of that that interest I- in things. And in MMA, there's definitely people that follow it or the, the Kung Lee lawsuit for for instance. But when it comes to, you know, Endeavor just recently going public, like I don't sense it's 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 broken down in, in the same way, save for maybe a couple. Hmm. But there's quite a lot you can uh, glean from this, including a timeline about the the merger process. And without going through all of it here, that they had 60 potential parties reach out to them uh, when the transaction was just beginning. This was between January 17th and April 2nd. And of those 60, uh, they signed confidentiality agreements with 20 of those parties. And then they they reached an agreement with Endeavor to start the due diligence process in February. And initially, Endeavor submitted a non-binding indication of an agreement to merge merge with WWE. And it would be Endeavor holding 57% and WWE 43%. But wait a minute. It turned out to be Endeavor 51 and WWE 49. How did they get to those numbers? Well, it turned out that... McMahon and Nick Khan, when they met with Endeavor, they presented uh, a term sheet for a fifty-one forty-nine split, and Endeavor said, "Well, the only way we're going to give up those six percentage points, Vince, you've got to stay. You can't leave. You can't leave us with this company without your guidance." So Vince McMahon said, "All right, we'll take we'll take more board seats. We'll take a couple more percentage points, and and I'll stick around." So it very much sounds as the way Ari Emanuel laid it out in this interview on CNBC that he like Vince McMahon was a significant part of this deal to the point that they were willing to negotiate like points in the company towards WWE Endeavor still has the majority, but it's, it's more board seats. It's five out of the 11 board seats are, um, are, are given to the WWE side and, you know, WrestleNomics, they talked about this as well. The idea of would it be difficult to manage this company with Vince McMahon still having, you know, a, a, a shares in the company and mm. could be someone that could cause a lot of problems on the outside versus having him in the inside of this company and on on board with
0: us. That is incredibly interesting. Like uh, those sort of like the, the fact that. um <sighs> the The fact that Vince being inside is somehow um a street strategic play to you know like the lesser of two evils essentially um is is a very interesting concept i guess uh you know upon hearing th- this sort of um headline. And this sort of, uh, I guess, um, play, you, you know, your first is, instinct is, is, is this genuine? Is, is there authentic, you know, sentiment for Ari Emanuel to feel like Vince McMahon is an integral part of the business? Or is it just to keep him? Like, are, are we just being cynical, sort of like longtime Vince McMahon followers to think that there's no way this guy could possibly, you know, be bring any sort of positive um uh you know, there's no real justification for a guy like Ari Emanuel to want Vince McMahon to actually be a part of this company. Are are we being too cynical or or what? What do you think? Is it, Vince McMahon
1: Jared Mencken or is he Mattson? Who is who is Vince McMahon in this whole thing? I
0: feel like he's a bit of both. Yeah. Um I okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't want to get any deep into succession comparisons, but You know, uh, could you see Logan or uh, could you see Manton wanting to keep Logan Roy on board um, rather than having him be outside while still maintaining shares? It's a good question. I can see that. Oh, yeah I can, I can see that. It too. I, I mean, mean again are we are we being on the pessimistic side when it comes to listen the
1: know? fact is Vince McMahon was not going to be just absolved from this company. I mean mm-hmm. he was still going to have you know significant shares in this company, and you know Disney just went through this with uh one of their shareholders if if you want to look the story up, uh this activist shareholder by the name of nelson Peltz, who just made life horrible for Disney shareholders and demanding changes, and he had like the he had a major voice in all of this. And it required, like Bob Iger, eventually going public earlier this year that, we're, hey, we're going to slash $5.5 billion in costs. And that shut this guy up, essentially. Um, right. And this is just, you know, publicity you don't want. And if you're looking at this and you're kicking the tires on WWE, Believe me, Ari Emanuel and all those involved in this deal—they're going through from a, in a, with a fine-tooth comb about Vince's whole navigation back into power. And mm. this is a guy that, like, look how he how he got his way back, and he was literally told, like, the board believes this is not the right time for you to come back. Oh yeah, wouldn't it be a shame if these TV deals don't get approved because I hold all the power here? Do we really want this guy to be um, on the outside and? Pr- present uh, creating havoc for us and and maybe as well Ari Emanuel as well he's not meeting Vince McMahon for the first time this is someone he's had a 20 plus year relationship with going back to when they left USA the first time he might very well look at the playbook of the UFC and Dana White and they want to replicate it and Dana and Vince are equals
0: I suppose it's just the fact that like all of this is coming out at the same time. The fact that it's you know it's a jump from forty three percent to forty nine percent plus Vince McMahon being a bargaining chip. Would a forty nine percent increase not have been enough? Or or the, on the other hand, would a Vince McMahon being a part of the deal not be enough to for for their shares to be kept at forty three percent? The fact that both of them are, are in tandem, and in fact like Vince coming in was it's being portrayed that Vince coming in is a reason for the exchange for a forty nine percent. Chair is interesting at least you know and and definitely um you know makes you think my other question is these are sec filings so they have to be truthful right in the court of
1: oh yeah i I don't think you would be posting fraudulent information to the sec
0: because that is uh inviting a lot more problems so so again um should we be as skeptical or, I mean, obviously, you could still game it, but to what extent? And will will anything like this be investigated further if there is cause for dispute or, you know?
1: I, I don't think there's a whole lot to dispute here in the sense that, I mean, the question I would have is that when they were negotiating and Endeavor put in their, their, their indication of an agreement for a 57-43 split between February 7th and March 22nd, when the counter was made, were they operating under the assumption that Vince would be walking away? Like, what prompts them to come back with this 5149 offer? And their rebuttal is fine, we will meet you, but that means, Vince, you have to stay. Were they under the impression for these six weeks that Vince is not coming? Like, yeah. why would you be asking Vince to stay if that was already assumed?
0: I think it's a really interesting question. I do think, it, you know, we have to put it out there that maybe Ari Emanuel actually actually wants Vince McMahon.
1: I, I think he genuinely company. wanted Vince McMahon in. I, I don't think he's playing theater here. I mean, there, there could be, you know, other strategic reasons for it, but I think somebody that has, you know, he has always publicly praised Vince McMahon, and this goes well below, before any talks of a of an alliance. But it, it's, it's an interesting um, just kind of thought exercise here of how Vince McMahon navigated through this period um, up until uh, the sale. But there were others uh, listed here. Essentially, it came down to there was a a listing of strategic partner one, which has kind of been deduced as Liberty Media uh, involved here, and then two other bidders um, who decided that neither wished to be the lead, investi- uh, the lead investor in an acquisition. And the final decision was uh, made on April the 1st. WWE saw the Endeavor deal as a fair one, and the deal was finalized the next day, which was the second night of WrestleMania. And that's the day that Alex Sherman reported it. And Monday morning, it is announced uh, as trading begins. Uh, actually, before uh, several hours before trading began on April the 3rd. On top of that, Two class action lawsuits against one against Vince McMahon, one against McMahon and the company, alleging that McMahon breached fiduciary responsibilities to use his majority voting power to change company bylaws and reinsert himself as executive chairman. Uh, They have been uh, they have been settled and McMahon has agreed to pay the Plaintiff's counsel one point six five million dollars. And the bylaws have since been repealed uh, because Vince McMahon was. He's doing fine, uh, regardless of what the bylaws uh, state. So those lawsuits are out. And maybe maybe in his later years, Vince McMahon is realizing that uh, settling is maybe the way to just make things go away. Maybe he's learning how money can work and you can make
0: problems disappear. I mean, doesn't it just reinforce the reason why he was all in all this trouble in the first place? Putting money into something to make it go away? Yeah, but these were uh, – he, he reported these. So this is not a oh, so
1: off-book off expenses. you just got to you've got to report them to the right people. That's that's the lesson to uh, I don't know, past year.
0: Hey, over at wrestlenomics.arc.com, Brandon has a really good easily digestible timeline of uh, this entire SEC filing for those of you who don't have the time to sit through the 500 300 pages um, and if you just want a bit more detail. Um so highly recommend that wrestlenomics.com.
1: Best of the super juniors. Uh, somehow I watched 30 matches this weekend. I go, I'm all up to date on this best of the super juniors tournament.
0: And it's been, it's it's been clearly a, very good a mother's day tradition in your household. Uh, that's right.
1: Well, person. when, when I offered to, uh, to get up uh, early, I actually ended up getting up early three days in a row, like at five 30. And, uh, that, that's how my days uh, began. So, um, I'm not going to go through all of the shows, but some of the stories going on throughout. So on the A-block side, we have Leo Rush, who's having an awesome tournament. Speedball Mike Bailey, who's had some, some very good matches, and Taiji Ishimori are 3-0 in the A-block with six points each. Leo Rush's first two matches were sprints, one with Show and one with Taguchi, and he had these outstanding five-minute matches and then had his big match with Hiromu Takahashi on Sunday, avenging his loss from March and pinning the IWGP junior heavyweight champion with the final hour. So he's already got off to a three and O start. He's pinned the champion. I don't know if he needs to win or even go to the finals at this point. He's sort of got, um, you know, I'm sure he's going to, he's going to pile on some more points, but already pinning Hiromu, it does set him up for a rematch coming out of this, but he is, this guy is tremendous and cut a really great promo going into the Hiromu match as well. Uh, Just five guys, they got off to a big start as well. Ishimori at 3-0. Kanemaru won his first two matches using the ankle lock, and then it was Kevin Knight upsetting him on the third show and uh, escaping the ankle lock. You wouldn't believe it, but the House of Torture has been infuriating. Uh, show in his last match, he told Ryusuke Taguchi, Taguchi, if you are serious, then I too will be serious. And the whole crowd was like, ooh, He's going to be serious. And he revealed a new Japan shirt and he started wrestling as show Tanaka instead of show awful member of house of torture. But then the lights go out and there was evil. It was all a ploy and they mm-hmm. used the wrench and then he cuts up the shirt with scissors and show gets the win. So they're at least teasing. Now the idea of him eventually going back to, uh, leaving the dark side of evil and, um, because the House of Torture, they have really become almost like your, your job squad level in New Japan. Like, they're undercard, so it's hardly as offensive as before where they were all over the main event scene. But it is really time for Show to get out of this group. And they're at least teasing it. Kushida is having a losing streak to start off. Him and Bushi and Taguchi have all lost their first three matches. And Kushida is starting these kind of heel tendencies in these losses. And... I guess teasing like a certain direction for Kushida, who will probably have uh, a big comeback midway through this. And I would say the best matches that I've seen so far, Hiromu and and, uh, Leo Rush from Sunday, uh, Francesco Akira and Robbie Eagles had a tremendous match on Sunday that went about 14 minutes. Uh, Speedball and TJP was also, the Sunday show was probably the strongest. Doki has been having a very good tournament using all of his um, kind of mexican mexican submissions uh and just the guys he's been working with i think ishimori was it was the best of the three and then Horomu and speedball was at the level you would expect from friday so um and i would say the uh the undiscovered talent so far was tjp on commentary with kevin kelly he jumped huh. in he, he wrestled early and then he came back at the kevin I need to join you on commentary. Oh, Dude, contraire, was,
0: mon frere. Au oh,
1: contraire, mon frere. Dude, he was really good with wow. Kevin Kelly. Like, just Fantastic. great, like, analysis. He went through the guys that have kicked him the hardest in his career uh, with, uh, surprisingly, Katsuhiko Nakajima being the hardest and uh, Speedball Mike Bailey among those top three. But the best line was uh, Chris Charlton explained. Dan Maloney used to be in NXT UK. And he's gotten into phenomenal shape for um, uh, since then and coming into this tournament and Charlton was talking about when he left a big promotion and kind of having imposter syndrome and trying to get his his groove back and Kevin Kelly is just like, man, I gotta tell you, all these guys that leave WWE it's <laughs> amazing when you hear about the mental gymnastics of working in that place, you'd think they just got out of prison <laughs> like it's just great." he's right it's like this these guys who have to like pretty much like rehabilitate themselves after the traumatic experience of going to wwe it's just hey not everybody leaves a lot of people stay hey a lot do but it's it's just some of these stories you leave
0: clearly you have a reason for
1: leaving well especially yeah uh if if you're if you're cut or just you know forgotten about in Mm -hmm. in in wwe so there you go those are uh, we're three matches in and now they have the craziest stretch because there are uh, cards tuesday wednesday thursday friday 10 matches on each show i think this is where i will probably uh, i will probably fall behind at, at this point but it's been a good run of uh, three shows so far uh, but this is a compact tournament it ends on the 28th and tuesday's uh, matches include desperado and yo kushida against taiji shimori master wato against dan maloney Teton against speedball Yoshinobu Kanemaru and Robbie Eagles, Leo Rush against Doki, Francesco Akira against Clark Connors, Show against TJP, Kevin Knight, who's been looking very good against Bushi, and Hiromu Takahashi against Ryusuke Taguchi. So I would say like, it's a really well uh, dispersed tournament. It's like you are getting, I would say a pretty high level across the board. It's tons of different styles and you're just into like what, you know this guy how he's going to work this match with that guy and it's just a really loaded tournament so anyway that's what's going on in uh in new japan to so be staying
0: up um until five thirty?
1: no no i definitely will not be okay. and nxt on tuesday has cora jade against fallon henley in the quarterfinals of the women's tournament roxanne perez against jc jane the dyad against the creeds how many times are we going to watch
0: the dyad lose from now until october what would you say Maybe it's a work, John. Maybe they're winning the titles. Maybe it's all... What What are the
1: odds that uh, Kevin Kelly is going to be talking about uh, the mental gymnastics, about the dyad within the
0: next 13 months? I think they'd be a pretty great fit in New Japan, actually. So it's a good chance. The, the grizzled old vets. At, at this point, maybe, yeah.
1: Wesley and Tyler Bate against Drew Gulak and Charlie Dempsey and... The main event, the Supernova Sessions, hosted by Noam Dar with guest Dragon Lee. And then Dynamite on Wednesday, our last item here. Chris Jericho against Roderick Strong, Falls Count Anywhere, with the JAS and Adam Cole banned from the building. Ricky Starks against Jay White. The Outcast against Hader, Baker, and Hikaru Shida. Roosh against Jack Perry. Sammy Guevara in action. And Don Callis will speak after his turn on
0: one Kenny Omega.
1: And the latest, do
0: we know if there's a significant sports competition this week?
1: Uh, They are going against the NBA. It's the Miami series. I believe that uh, the Miami Boston series is uh, happening on Wednesday night. So they will be going against uh, the NBA, which WWE avoided tonight. There was no NBA. Uh, Mm -hmm. They did have game seven of the Dallas Seattle series that they were going against, but no NBA, but rampage, I always like the our weekly Rampage update. So this Friday, 6.30 p.m., and then next weekend, right before Double or Nothing, it will be airing Saturday night at midnight, followed by the countdown to Double or Nothing at 1 a.m. late Saturday, early Sunday morning in the 30-minute time slot. Nothing better to get ready for the pay-per-view than your 1 a.m. countdown show and a Rampage. This was going to be originally live in Las Vegas on Friday night, and then they quickly announced it would not be taking place and they're just going to tape it on the Wednesday
0: in Vegas. I mean, you, you can't even set your DVR if you wanted to with some of these changes. Oh, it's, it's all over the place. Like, and, and that does become a
1: question of like Saturday nights. Like will will collision have to go through this treatment next year.
0: I have to think so. If it's on TNT. Yep. I'm at this time of year. I have to think so. But uh, I mean, then again, uh, you know, are some of these time slots coming after sport sports programming not a
1: whole lot of them i i don't know about well friday this this friday it's at 6 30 so it's it's before everything starts uh Mm -hmm. next saturday i don't know what the schedule is it might not even be finalized yet i don't know if it'll be coming right after um Mm -hmm. a playoff game but yeah it's uh wreaking havoc on rampage's uh schedule but raw did not have any of those problems so uh they were against the dallas stars and seattle kraken do you think that uh There were a lot of Dallas stars fans that were uh, missing raw tonight, or do you feel that raw is going to be just fine without uh, the hockey fans? I think raw should be fine. Yeah. They were at the historic Greensboro Coliseum, the site of the first four Starcade events, which actually would be brought up by Cody Rhodes and then Mm -hmm. tried his best to transition it to a Brock Lesnar uh, call out Brock disrespecting the Greensboro Coliseum by not showing up this week. Total disrespect.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that that was his intent. Yeah, f Starcade.
1: <laughs> Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn come out. So, Owens and Zayn, they are going to be on every show from now until eternity. Okay, that is that is their
0: role post-draft. While they're currently champions and involved in what might be one of the, I mean, might be the main event in, in Saudi Arabia, if not uh, certainly a semi-main event, I, I definitely could see that. Yeah. What we learned, how you get around the draft, a visitor's pass oh beat the wild card you know a visitor's, a visitor's pass. pass
1: why yes. didn't they think of that earlier a visitor's pass for paul <laughs> Heyman, who is drafted to smackdown and he is not one of the tag champions right
0: i don't believe so no okay. nor the uh raw women's champion i don't think he is either no he yeah. was able to get in though
1: owens and zane come out and they were as surprised as everyone else that they're defending their titles at night of champions yes it, it caught many people off guard and then, uh, and then Sammy explained all of the world politics and why he's not been on the uh, the Saudi Arabia shows uh, twenty eighteen onward. Got into all the the nitty gritty. Uh, we haven't had your thoughts on that yet. I mean, I would want to know what their thoughts are on it and what exactly. I mean it it would it would coincide with, I, I guess you know, relations improving uh, within. It, it would seem to me though, it would obviously because. The understanding had been like it was one of those things where Sammy was not welcomed on these shows and he wasn't exactly beating down the door to get onto these shows. So Mm -hmm. obviously uh, something has changed. And I would imagine this was not something that just came out of the blue out of nowhere um, Mm -hmm. either uh, as well. But I mean, they're going over. They're doing the show. Owens did the greatest Royal Rumble, which was the first show of this 10 year deal. But then that was the show Sammy was not on. And he never went back to another one.
0: And Sammy did a house show, did a house show before the
1: 10 year deal. Cause they had mm-hmm. gone there, I think 2014 and yep. had been on, on there as well. Mm-hmm. So they are defending the tag titles at night of champions. And they look at it as a gift to get revenge on Roman reigns and both should have beat him earlier this year. And they wanted the bloodline to crumble, but it turns out Roman's doing a great job of doing that himself so the Judgment Day come out. Owens cuts off their music. He doesn't even want to hear them speak. He just wants to fight. And Zayn says, well, let's hear them out. Priest says, yeah, we want to fight. And Balor calms him down and says that you guys were done with the bloodline. Now you're right back to where you started. And you're going to be – there's going to be a long line of teams if you retain those belts. I would love to see this long line of, of teams that they are amassing as challengers. I guess Massey and Mansoir – you saw Able some of noticed. them in the Battle
0: Royal, I'm sure. The Viking we, we did Raiders. see them. I mean, they do have a Academy. lot of teams.
1: They just don't quite have anyone ready for the tag titles. But mm-hmm. they could make a physical line. Uh, Rhea Ripley was so popular on this show. I mean, they the crowd loves her. Chance of mommy. And Zayn wants to hear from Dominic. And the crowd drowns him out, which now all the audiences are copying one another. And it's yep. great heat for Dominic as he just plays it up and tries to get his sentence in and milks it really well. Owens goes to punch when Ripley stands in his way and then a fight breaks out, including Ripley nailing Owens and Zayn chasing everyone off with a chair. And later on, this would be made our main event that would eat up the last half hour of the show.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, There were several chapters to the main event, as we will discuss, but um, this was interesting. Already building to a title program here with Judgment Day and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. So it really does kind of telegraph the outcome of knight of champions because you would expect judgment day to face off against a babyface tag team rather than rowan reigns and solo sokoa now um does it matter i think as long as the story is well told i don't really care so you know and i i would hate for them to swerve us somehow but it does look like we're getting towards the direction of judgment day versus sammy and ko which is perfectly fine um and i I thought Sammy's promo was good here. You know, he came out very fired up and basically kind of told you that this was going to be a continuation of the story that he already started and didn't necessarily satisfy with um, the Elimination Chamber match. So I think it's a smart way of, like, you know, carrying on that incredible momentum that was there before. That certainly isn't right now. Shinsuke Nakamura
1: against The Miz. They had a 10-minute match, and they go to the commercial break And they have a spot for all the upcoming house shows. And I guess this is working because, you know, their house show business has been doing well. But it features a collection of sound bites from Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and Liv Morgan looking into the camera and asking, where are you at?
0: Yeah, I've seen those.
1: Where are you at? Yeah. I mean... Billy Red Lions there would be no need for him in this day and age I mean when Randy Savage could have just looked into the camera for all those market specific promos Savage weird. saying where are you at I guarantee it would be pretty It would be pretty good okay. But you'd have
0: to do like 60 of them every week for all the markets.
1: Yeah. This that would just, get a little tiring.
0: This comes across as maybe, you know, some um, poor maybe marketing um, campaign manager's idea and then just maybe quickly communicate it to these very busy wrestlers to just say, hey, can you get on camera? And can you say, where are you at? Um, and unfortunately, I mean, the result is what it is. Yeah. And the answer for one is at home injured. Uh, for, for this for now. Yeah, at least it looks like
1: we come back. There's an O'Connor roll by Miz and that's turned into an arm bar. He clasps the hands and stacks Nakamura before a DDT. And then Miz goes for the world famous. It kicks mm-hmm. all these years. These are, these are to kicks what Shane McMahon was to punches.
0: To to be honest, though, like um, Miz at least is a heel. Shane, while he was delivering those punches many times, was the babyface and also being promoted as the best in the world. So I, I could forgive the it kicks. Well, I'm just saying
1: if uh, if Miz hit a heavy bag with these with these
0: kicks, the bag would get a ten nine round guaranteed. Well, there's an MMA fight I want to see. Miz versus a heavy bag. Well, <laughs> Miz versus Shane, but that too, sure.
1: Kinshasa attempt is made, but Miz dives for the apron and Nakamura pulls him and gets poked in the eyes and a skull crushing finale. But Nakamura gets his foot on the rope and then hits the Kinshasa in 10 minutes. So Nakamura wins and a statement victory on raw (laughs) statement. What's that statement?
0: I'm Um, in the mid card camera. (laughs) That's the statement.
1: Yes. Come on.
0: Yeah. I think this was a good WWE style match. And that's certainly what I expect from them is he's sort of the poster child for a WWE style match, but I think that's what Nakamura has become as well. You know, like his matches I think very rarely offer anything all that surprising these days that goes for any even like pay-per-view level match that he's had in the past. He's become, I would say, pretty conservative, but effective, you know, like this, this raw kind of like refresh has given him a a bit of added, like, you know, a fresh coat of paint, uh, so to speak. And it's got the audience on his side as just a straight up baby face again. Um, But I, I would say. These matches are like serviceable, but I wouldn't say that any of them are, are all that memorable, but it's fine. You know, he's getting up there in age. He's learning to work a style that like, you know, can can maintain his longevity. So um, it's more so about the push and about the storytelling. And right now, I think they're doing a decent job with Nakamura's re-debut.
1: My analysis of this match and how I break it down is that since thir- since Thursday, I have watched uh, 30 matches in the best of the Super Juniors. And then I watched Dream Slam 2 from 1993 <laughs> that's my analysis of this match she between does. shinsuke nakamura and the miz
0: uh, do you not watch dream slam 2 before you watch raw um it'll make it hard yes um that's where i'm not getting i'm not giving miz the out as a heel with these kicks after after what i saw with, yeah uh, dream slam 2 is is a great show and we'll be talking about it this thursday on rewind away um with karen peterson joining us for the entire review so i'm very much looking forward to that chat uh You can find it on YouTube. If you look, it's a great show.
1: If I had been more aware of the international scene when Mm -hmm. I was nine years old and Dream Slam one and two were airing in Japan Mm -hmm. and I had a computer that could (laughs) gain me access, what would I need to track down? If I just said to my my mythical system, give me Akira Hokuto in 1993 What could connect me to
0: this great wrestling? I think you'd be looking for some form of tape trading, John, first of all. Um, But obviously, if you had technology on your side, if you had a time machine, maybe a better alternative to tape trading would be NordVPN, the tape trader of our times, really. NordVPN, our thanks to sponsor of the show, Nord, of course. You know about the financial benefits of using a VPN. I use one. To sign up for subscriptions only accessible in certain parts of the world at lower rates, only accessible to certain parts of the world as well. You we know get about, nothing in Canada. We've gotta, we gotta find our, we gotta we get a, our shovels out and dig. And we have a p- terrible dollar, and yet we get you know American pricing on a lot of these things. You know about the benefits of being able to access geo-blocked content, the ability to sign up for services you can't in your country, like AEW Plus for me. But perhaps the most valuable reason for getting a VPN is to protect your online privacy, John. You know, who knows where you might be watching Dream Slam 2 from? Okay, what Um, are all these pop ups? Yeah, exactly. If you do any sort of downloading of content, if you use any sort of public Wi-Fi at a place other than your home, or if you have any concerns about unwanted tracking from advertisers, ISPs, phishing sites and hackers, a trusted VPN helps mask your IP to protect your browsing, and NordVPN is one of the most established and reputable VPN providers in the world. Over 5,000 servers from around the world, Nord has doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection software. So even if you download an infected file containing DreamSlam 2, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer so you can watch guilt-free. Sign up through nordvpn.com slash wrestling where post roll listeners can receive a discount on all plants, plus their current offer four extra months on top of all two-year subscriptions or three extra months on top of all one-year subs. That basically comes down to $3.17 US a month for a 28-month plan. Nord also offers a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't like it within a month, tell them you want your money back and that is it. Again, NordVPN.com slash Post Wrestling. Let them know you found out about them through us. Our right, thanks again to Nord for their supportive post.
1: Dare I say it is a Yumiko Hara Deal.
0: <laughs> Few people will get that. All right,
1: tune in to our Dream Slam Two review. This well, wow, that's like two plugs in one. That's how we do it. Wait, oh, we stack. Adam Pierce is with Raquel Rodriguez, Chelsea Green, and Sonia Deville. Liv Morgan is injured; she is not cleared to compete, and they are postponing the tag title match. Deville says that they should forfeit the tag titles. Pierce says. Do you know how many tournaments we have going on in this company right now between NXT and this main roster? Raquel wants the match, and Chelsea Green says, you'll regret this. So we have a singles match, and yeah, we will see how long uh, Liv is out. She was supposed to do an appearance today, and that got uh, she got swapped with Dolph Ziggler. And yeah, apparently this
0: occurred on the show on Friday. They showed a highlight. in, in fact, and I, right. I don't have much reason to kind of doubt the you know actual point of the injury here. It kind of came. I I couldn't tell certainly watching the match on Friday. And, and I, I'm guessing it came pretty much right at the finish. So uh hopefully she recovers in time and it's not a serious injury and that they could finish up whatever's type of storytelling that all oh, this this round of shana feud, I guess.
1: We had a series of sit-down interviews with Corey Graves and Seth Rollins that was broken up and aired throughout the show, and we go through. I mean, this was essentially Seth Rollins' career in about five minutes, cut into two parts. <laughs> and we go through his NXT uh, run and winning the championship in 2012. How important that title was to him, and uh, beating Raw's
0: own Jinder Mahal in the final. Yep. Eleven um, years ago, he wasn't an You know, he was almost he was an NXT Championship Tournament finalist. Yes. And
1: then going to the main roster with The Shield, turning on them in 2014 and really emphasizing that it was Roman Reigns that he struck with the chair. More to come later on in the
0: show. You know, throughout the show, I thought there was some really great use of video, pre-produced video um, here uh, in a way that I... I mean, I feel like it's always been a part of Raw, but tonight felt like aesthetically a lot more like NXT. You know, we're talking like a, a production that feels a, a lot more high quality, and not just like a guy with like a lit up wall backstage shot live in the afternoon. You know, um, so I, I, I would assume you know this is maybe um, part of part of Levesque's vision as well. But I, I really thought like the enjoy enjoyed the use of um, video elements tonight.
1: What about the disrespect towards the Greensboro Coliseum for Seth not to appear on the show
0: in the arena? Oh, uh, right. Uh well, clearly he was not a NWA fan.
1: No, no, not at all. Yeah. Didn't didn't care for Harley and Rick and Mm-mm. anything that followed. He did like Dusty though. He was probably happy in 87 when they finally took it to Chicago. Why? Big, big FU to Greensboro. He's a, he's, a, oh, okay. he's a big he's a big Bears fan. Mm, right. It's yeah, true. Des Moines, Chicago—they're uh, they cousins essentially. <laughs> Imperium came out, so so Gunther was making his big arrival on Raw, and uh, by that we got him in more backstage
0: segments than I think the man's had in his like year run. It was a big push for Gunther, you know. Yeah. and and I I do think like the way that they are reintroducing a lot of guys, like on this show with with Nakamura, with Gunther, with a lot of the NXT people, does give you justification for doing this brand split and for doing this draft even though by the end like again in six months time five months time this could it could really be nothing at least for tonight it gives you a reset you know at least for these early months it gives you a reason to reintroduce an audience or to some people who might just watch raw exclusively an introduction to somebody like gunther it gives them an excuse to make a big deal out of these guys to a potentially new audience well, with Gunther, they have no choice. They do
1: need to position him highly, and I think that's what you took away from the show. He's going to be a prominent heel on the on the show. We will see if it is beyond the IC title level that you kind of feel he has to uh, rise above at a certain the way. Point. He's being pushed. I, I I think it's inevitable. Yeah. Yep. So Gunther is standing on the desk. Ludwig Kaiser does a great introduction for him. And Gunther states that he dominated SmackDown for over a year, will continue on Raw, and no one has earned a shot at him nor earned his respect, but tonight this battle royal will determine it. And this was pretty much everyone uh, that they could find placed into this battle royal. We have Ricochet, Bronson Reed, Apollo Crews, Matt Riddle, Mustafa Ali, Baron Corbin, Gable and Otis, the debuting J.D. McDonough from NXT, Massey, Los Lotharios, Johnny Gargano, Benjamin, and Cedric Alexander. Um, we had Elias, Madcap Moss, Akira Tozawa, Viking Raiders, Dexter Loomis, Dolph Ziggler, and free agents Zion Quinn and Von Wagner.
0: Uh, I didn't realize they were part of the free agent camp. Um, yeah. I, I totally forgot Zion Quinn was one of the um, quote-unquote drafted ones, drafted to free agency at least. So um, did, does this mean they signed him or was
1: this just a, uh, he well, was testing in the waters of raw? Well, I don't think he did that well. So I, I don't know if they gave you any reason to sign him. Well, I, these guys made a huge impact, those free agents here. So, I mean, we just had multiple eliminations here. The, the key ones being that Ziegler eliminates JD McDonough uh, and then Wagner, Vaughn bon Wagner eliminates Dolph Ziggler, and JD McDonough attacks Ziggler, runs him into the steps Uh, I wasn't crazy about McDonough being introduced as just a faceless member of the Battle Royal. They did give him an angle. They gave him a feud, even at a Ziggler level. And more importantly, he got like a video package later. So I would say for where your expectations would be for JD McDonough, I I didn't think that this was a a terrible introduction on Raw.
0: Yeah, the fact that he showed up without an entrance as just another guy did not Not give me a, a whole lot of hopes. But... Follow-up is a lot more important than just an introduction as we will see with Apollo Cruz. He got an entrance, but I would say McDonough came out as maybe the guy with... A, a more concrete role on this show yeah. and i think starting a first program with Adolf Ziegler is not a bad place to be for an undersized guy you know like he's getting a program on the lower card sure but it's against a guy who you can claim to be a, who claims to be a four who is a former world champion i don't say just claims but he's also a recognized heavyweight and i think that that would go a long way to you know for a first win for mcdonough you could do worse
1: Bronson Reed played the uh, the big monster sending Otis and Ivar over for a pop and then everyone gangs up on Reed and we had some great stuff with uh, with Ricochet including leaping off the back of Ali onto Gargano with a shooting star press Apollo Crews hit what was called a modified blockbuster to Reed the modification being that he missed catching his head on the way down then Moss his big spot was this running shoulder tackle where I thought he killed Riddle and then runs at him and his back body
0: dropped to the floor. This dude can run really fast. Well, did he not have a football background? Was is that not his thing? Yes,
1: yes, He's a oh, fast well runner.
0: Yeah, okay. They should run with this. Yes,
1: Kaiser and Vinci try to attack Riddle. How Reed would not- they
0: possibly use that in a as a wrestling gimmick? A guy who runs really fast does a great. He just sprints to the ring every week. How would that I guess like his offensive maneuver would be like going up to the ramp and then doing like a long running drop kick
1: chases. Maybe he um, challenges guys to like the 200 meters
0: outside. Hmm. He should just run the ropes like for like five minutes to really build speed. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm all for it ricochet and
1: ali try to eliminate reed he's hanging on but he's dazed ricochet is hitting a springboard drop kick he still holds on and then reed grabs hold of ricochet puts him on his shoulders when ali comes off with a missile dropkick kick and sends reed and ricochet to the floor ali wins in 12 minutes and 34 seconds and got a pyro celebration
0: as he will take on gunther at night of champions yeah, this, uh, this certainly came out of nowhere, you know, again, speaking about people's ranks, like, I don't think you kind of, uh, you can be a Kirito level, I suppose, you know, that would probably be really, really the basement, but, um, Ali, I wouldn't say there. Ali
1: is that much higher than Akira Tozawa. He's above sure.
0: Tozawa, but not by leaps and bounds. Yeah. Yeah. So him getting any sort of victory here, I, I, I was certainly surprised. Um, and, and getting any sort of notable match at, at United champions would be a surprise. um, I guess it makes you question why he would have been chosen um maybe they're serious about refreshing him although like again <laughs> watching TV beforehand you certainly wouldn't have gotten that sense I do also wonder he now becomes the second muslim wrestler to have a significant match on the show next to Sami Zayn, and i and i don't know if there's there's anything to that uh, or something i'm just trying to you know guess reasons why an ali might have been chosen this also seems to be a real shift in character because you know yes he's still doing the cocky sort of like um overly positive kind of obnoxious gimmick but it's very much framed at least this week as a baby because he's going up against the heel like gunther so it does in a way feel like a real 180 on mustafa ali so i guess you you have to continue to ask why yeah. yeah and i think it's a
1: worthwhile question asking. ali has been on these shows in the past mm-hmm. and i mean this this could he's be... also said
0: that he's donated um
1: all of his earnings he has he has, he has yeah. uh noted that each time and this could be a a request this could be a strategic reasoning for it um i don't know or they're just they just he's the opponent for for this month that they're going to throw at gunther because i don't <laughs> see anyone believing he's going to win this match
0: No, no. But um, yeah, we'll see if this, you know, results in a sustained push for Ali, this positive Ali character. I certainly think the match has a great sort of um, potential to be a match of the night. So um, it's it's what has Ali had a had a singles pay-per-view match like since the cruiserweight days? I could not tell you. Like you really have to dig back, I think. So it really does feel like during the retribution days. I, I certainly don't recall, but hey, chat room, correct me if I'm wrong. But this battle royal, I thought set a lot in motion here. You know, you you continued um the the build between Gunther and uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and Riddle. Uh, you set up potentially this Alpha Academy thing with with the Maximal male models or even the Viking Raiders. Um, continued strong showcase for Bronson and Reed, and you can maybe even turn that into a ricochet feud since those since those two kind of caused each other to to um to be eliminated. So. I thought it was like an effective storytelling battle royal. This post-wrestling podcast is brought to you by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with. On NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, their trusted financial journalists offer easily digestible, conversational discussions on topics like balancing your portfolio. If you think an ETF is one of Cena's five moves of doom, this show might be for you. Planning for your tax bills this April, so you don't have to worry about a visit from Erwin R. Scheister. And putting away more money for retirement, because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you.
1: Becky Lynch comes out, big reaction for her, and she talks about how we all have struggles, and you have to put on a face to become the person you want to be. Sometimes we need to ask for help, and she did ask for help. From Lita and Trish Stratus. And Lita was great. Trish came back. She hadn't skipped a beat. And I let her get close to my family. And I didn't see coming. I didn't see it coming. Like all of you people must have seen from a mile away. She was gonna turn on me. And Becky thanks Trish because she turned on a light in her that had been off for months. You called my daughter dumb. And now you've given everything in my head a face and a target to attack. And if you want it, you got it. And I will kick your head in at night of champions um she delivered this really really well the audience got into it and it sets up the match and and we also got um a bit of a tiny tease here as it cuts to rhea ripley watching this in the back as well Mm. and sort of just planting a seed while not calling too much attention to it which is more subtlety than often in wwe
0: yeah yeah i mean it was it's pretty explicit, but still, yeah. For WWE, sure, yeah. The fact that we're not gonna like this is the problem. We didn't get Kathy match. Kelly. We noticed you were watching <laughs> Becky Lynch. What do you think about Gosh. Becky Lynch? Do you think yeah. Becky Lynch
1: is going Kevin, to come did for you, your
0: championship? Kevin, did you see what I saw? Is is that Ray Ripley? Yeah. Um. I. I mean, when could you see this match taking place? Ripley versus Becky. SummerSlam. Ripley or? and Becky Lynch. You would think that this Trish thing has been moved up because they
1: are quickly going to the match. That you would think that. SummerSlam would be a, a potential
0: option are we talking money in the bank in the uk
1: i guess it depends like it's a, it's a sold out show it's going to be a super hot crowd i can honestly see becky and trish extending beyond one pay-per-view
0: mm. i'm i'm starting to think like they w- they would want becky in like a a major title match um for money in the bank i, I she could I think. be in money in the bank you, true, you're right. Actually, that that would make sense. And then she wins the opportunity to face Rhea at um, SummerSlam. Yeah, I I kind of like that too, actually. So strong promo from Becky here, and I think this program needed it. You know, you need a fired up personal response from Becky to show that she's motivated and that this is going to be a big fight. And um, I, I guess you know, like this kind of fulfills your quota for like a big legend appearance um at a Saudi show. Are we gonna get four Money in the Bank ladder matches? No, they don't usually do that. Like they have three people from Raw, three people from SmackDown. Oh, so the the brands will be all inter- intertwined for that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the Rumble. They they've always done that. Okay. So and then, although in the past, like before they had a women's anime and a men's, I believe they had Raw and SmackDown exclusive briefcases, didn't they? Yeah, we'll see how it all works. <laughs> they cut to Rhea and.
1: Kathy Kelly asks her about Natalia getting involved last week. And Natalia walks in and says, uh, Rhea says, you didn't come to help Dana Brooke. You just came out so people could care about you again. And warns Natalia about ever interrupting her again. If so, I'll end your career. And uh, I thought that this would lead to Natalia getting involved in something tonight with Rhea, but it never did. And I'm thinking they'll just throw this match together for Saudi Arabia or TV. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too.
1: Ali meets with uh, Otis, Gable, and Maxine. He's about to call them losers, but he said uh, enough with their negativity, and his luck changed when he started thinking positively and walks up to Imperium. Gunther congratulates him and says, it's a shame you'll travel halfway across the world to suffer the worst loss and beating of your career, and Ali says he's going to beat and humiliate Gunther, which he will not, but that's our build.
0: I I hope he at least gets a near fall. Like more like, than uh, Zelina Vega got in Puerto Rico. Yeah, I do hope he gets more than Zelina. Like on paper, I can see him getting less than Zelina Vega in this match. Can you see this being like a seven second squash? I could. I guess it's I
1: thought I thought they'd give you a real match with Brock and Ricochet, and look what that turned into. Yeah, in Saudi right. Arabia.
0: True, and, and they're probably in a mood of really wanting to establish Gunther as like completely dominant. So maybe.
1: Xavier Woods against Dominic Mysterio, Dominic and Ripley come
0: out and Dominic cuts
1: a another promo getting booed from everyone. And Wood says he doesn't have anyone watching his back, but at least I can fight my own battles, unlike you. And you have to get Rhea to give you permission to speak. And Graves notes that Dominic looks like El Chapo, uh, makes El Chapo look like the Hamburglar. Dominic is attacking with stomps. The crowd is chanting for mommy and uh, he does the Eddie spots with the Three amigos goes for the frog splash, but is cradled for a two count. And then a gut buster is hit by Woods. And as Woods comes off the top, Dom is pulled away by Ripley. And then this distracts Woods, who gets hit with a baseball slide dropkick. Ripley nails Woods and allows Dominic to cover him in 11 minutes, three seconds.
0: Hmm. A decent match. Yeah. I thought this would just kind of exist in a vacuum as a, as a one off, but it actually seems to be leading to something for woods and dominic in a sustained program yeah it's uh it's a program for these two well do you think it could like do we know what kofi his uh timeline might, might be for recovery i mean it was in a it was an
1: ankle injury so i mean you wouldn't think it would be too long uh mm-hmm. of an issue
0: but obviously like it's been what two months now that he's been gone yeah so i guess i'm just wondering would this potentially set up a kofi return mm. Yeah,
1: you have the partners to to do it with. Um, yeah, I at this point, a New Day reunion tag program, you can always do it. It's just mm-hmm. it's sort of a lateral move at, at this point for them. I wanted to mm-hmm. see them do maybe a little more with Woods here, and maybe they will get into that, giving him some more promo time, something more than just here's the third member of the New Day that is fighting on his own. Like, that's essentially yeah. the parameters of the character at the moment. J.D. McDonough feature. Um, so they've sort of taken away the the kind of like crazy uh, orthopedic surgeon, JD McDonough, who knows like American, your, like
0: Christian Bale, American psycho. Yeah. Baby.
1: Which I don't know for me, it didn't re- like he could perform the promos. Okay. in NXT, but it was, it was a little goofy for me. They've mm-hmm. kind of taken away that aspect of it. And he says that he believed if you worked hard and waited your time, uh, you would you would get your chance but he saw others get opportunities ahead of him and then realized i'm performing for an audience of fools he is the destructor and digs the graves and the irish ace is here to stay which was kind of funny the irish ace is here to stay and we cut to the irish ace walking out of
0: the arena (laughs) what would you expect like he would have stayed in greensboro for weeks
1: i don't know till the end of the show maybe And (laughs) Kathy Kelly catches up to him and says, Irish ace, please stay. And he came to (laughs) raw to make a statement. And who better to do that with than Dolph Ziggler. And I laughed and then he tried to do his best Uh, argument listing off all the titles that he's won and never bet against an
0: ace well, clearly this, this was not his plan at the beginning of the night the man did try to win this ic title battle royal okay and when that plan fails you go to plan B, I suppose. and plan b would would be Dolph. <laughs>
1: that would um, be the second biggest statement you can make in one night
0: his <laughs> statement was this video okay this was by far the most like effective thing that they did for him tonight they they, they looked really good will really well produced he sounded good cutting the, the level of promo i think scaling back on what they were working on in next nxt is a very good move and already they are teasing some interaction with Finn Balor because they speak in a subtlety on the show. John, they had Balor walk up into the background in shot just as they, as they were cutting away from this interview segment. So could he be a fit for Judgment Day Um, or are they just simply going to tell the story of their history together?
1: Or was this teasing Kathy Kelly in the Judgment Day?
0: I mean, that looks like the pairing right there. Um, Look at this. I believe they do have a romantic history. Do they? Oh, okay. I don't keep up on these. To my knowledge, yes. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, obviously, the man's married now, so that's the past.
1: In this year, with Jinder Mahal, took on Lavar Barbie and Drake Thompson. Corey Graves went out of his way to state he does not even know their names. so Kevin Patrick picked this up. And when Drake Thompson cut tagged in, Graves just went off on this guy. He looks like the toughest guy on the swim team and said that he's – in 2k create a wrestler mode i mean just destroyed this guy on commentary and that was their role here to get destroyed which they were and it ended with sangha lifting up drake thompson for a leg drop by veer off the turnbuckle in a minute 51 and jinder mahal stating this is their show and they run it
0: so veer has finally arrived to RAW yeah. after yeah. all this time yeah this was them appearing on kid street <laughs> is this the pose
1: you do This is how they would always clap. They would clap above (laughs) their heads for some reason because they were in the cars. Gotcha. This was a game show in Canada that Brandon from New Jersey got
0: uh, bootlegs of through NordVPN. Yes, of course. Yes. Um, Yeah, I mean, giving them a pretty, you know, trying to build with these two giants. I mean, they're they're doing the exact same thing they did with Veer a year ago with a partner. And the same thing that they did
1: with these guys in NXT. Like, it's just... Wash, rinse, and repeat with these guys. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're just going to be the monsters until we either get tired of them or they progress and get a title shot.
0: I certainly hope that they do better than the Viking Raiders, you know, the last team that they've kind of given this level of push. And, you know, maybe that's a future program.
1: Owens and Zane are backstage with Imperium, and Gunther says he will not tolerate the disrespect that they showed last week. Owens gets in their face. He wants to face all three of them next week. Zane says, we'll find a partner. So it will be a 6-man tag on Raw next week. Probably in the main event, probably for the last half hour. I
0: just I don't know why you wouldn't just announce Riddle, you know. Could they could they sort of us? Could it could it be Ali? Ricochet? It could be. I mean Ali has a role on the show as
1: of right now Matt Riddle does not have a role on the the card. So maybe they do put Ali in there. And Ali could pin uh Kaiser. Actually it would help him like he could pin Kaiser or Vinci go at least
0: give the guy a win going into night of champions. I suppose, but they set up like all this stuff with riddle and, and, and Imperium as well.
1: Well, And maybe Riddle should have won the battle Royal. Then it's like, it's almost like Ali's in the role now. So, Hmm.
0: I mean, you, you
1: gotta push who you're the match you're promoting. Cody Rhodes starts the third hour here in the historic Greensboro Coliseum, which he calls a great memory. Um, when he was minus two and it's a sign of respect which Brock Lesnar isn't showing by not being here. That prick. Then he tells us the story of the scorpion and the frog. I am going to venture to guess that Cody Rhodes didn't arrive with, Hey guys, I got a great idea tonight. The scorpion and the frog. I feel this was one where Cody, we
0: want you to tell the scorpion and the frog. I I don't know. Cody, I I feel gets, and I think I know like it's a lot of leeway for his promos and, did was it like i'm trying to rack my brain was there like another wrestling like instance of somebody bringing up this this oh this was
1: brought up i think in AEW recently not recently but in the last like year or so
0: okay it's definitely been used hey maybe that's it so everyone knows
1: uh the moral of the story brock is the scorpion Yeah, i thought thought shiv was (laughs) there are many scorpions and it's his nature to hunt but while you're hunting, how's your face? And the crowd ooze. And he says he busted Lesnar's face. Perhaps he broke his spirit. Cody accepts the challenge for Knight of Champions and says he's not going to go down the path that many have with Lesnar, stating the reason he's on top and has been for so long is because he's better than 99.9% of the stars that enter this ring. But at Backlash, you were not better than me says people call it a, or Brock called it a cheap win. It was a wrestling counter to a wrestling move inside of a wrestling ring. And asks, the real reason that Brock is upset with him is because who is the big thing on Monday Night Raw? The crowd chants Cody. He says, Brock used to be the next big thing, but eventually what happens when they just say next? And he needs Lesnar to step aside because he is not the big thing anymore. You're just in my way.
0: Mm -hmm. On a hell of a promo here from cody you know it felt like a main event face of your promotion type of promo a promotion befitting of a guy who probably should have um won a wrestlemania main event um brock's promo was really just kind of like a lot of screaming and a lot of anger and because it's brock lesnar because he is a beast because he's a a hunter like it It makes perfect sense. But I like the fact that Cody comes in here and responds in a far far more cerebral way, you know, providing a bit of psychology, actually, into this feud to make it feel a bit more well-rounded. I love that he did draw a connection to his father's past as is sort of like the character, you know, with with his uh, uh, history in in, in Greensboro. And I like the way that they turned the next big thing phrase into something that you could use against Brock Lesnar, targeting what maybe a rare insecurity within Brock Lesnar. I mean, do you think Brock John worries about getting old? Do you think he looks at his face and looks at all the wrinkles and thinks should I moisturize more often? You know, um, that's what he was targeting here. And and I, even if Brock, like, is not the type to care about that stuff. Um, do you I realize like that, that if there. if this
1: guy could have cut promos,
0: that Cain Velasquez
1: would have had the greatest promo ever about how Brock has to wake up every morning and look into
0: the mirror and you see me. Of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, Cody's doing that right now.
1: Yeah. Cody Cody cut the promo that Cain Velasquez, I mean,
0: yeah, would have been very well served if he could have a uh, number. Yeah. I love that Cody found a way to not attack Brock physically alone. He found a way to attack him psychologically, which I thought was well done. So what will his tie in be next week in Hershey, Pennsylvania? You might give Brock Pass. a kiss.
1: That, that is what Brock is going to uh, show respect for Hershey, Pennsylvania mm. instead of Greensboro. Zoe Stark is with Nikki Cross and calls her a freak. And Candace LeRae steps in and said, my whole purpose for being here tonight is to defend Nikki Cross from being called a freak And then Zoe Stark says, where's your family? Candace says, don't bring my family into this. So this is our setup for a match next week. Um, I guess Zoe Stark crossed the line.
0: I guess they didn't have really more than 30 seconds to devote to this program.
1: Yeah, because we needed needed a full 30 minutes for the main event. We couldn't let this breathe for a minute more. Not that I was clamoring for for more, but I mean, yeah, this was (laughs) – it was like, okay, start a a feud from scratch, and you've got about 30 seconds to – destroy one another
0: verbally it was about as bare bones oh you argued with me you shot you stepped in my shot let's let's have a match you know Uh, she didn't even it's like where's your family (laughs) don't bring my family into this let's have a match you know that's it yeah um i thought that they were completely dropping this nikki candace association because i don't think they'd kind of picked up on it in in weeks so this at least tells you uh it's still a thing maybe nikki joins the way these factions are getting pretty full i would say all of them you know
1: They are plentiful Raquel Rodriguez and Chelsea green. So graves notes that Chelsea had her sights set on winning a championship tonight. Unlike the Canadian hockey teams, because yes, it wasn't just Toronto, but also Edmonton that let down the country Mm. over the weekend. So early on, there's a running boot by Raquel and then Deville gets on the apron. And this sets up a backstabber by Chelsea green. But then after green is attacking the knee, Raquel hits an inverted Alabama slam and starts hitting her clothesline 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 one fallaway slam two fallaway slams three fallaway slams twisting elbow off the turnbuckle lifts her up to hana bomb and destroys her in 344 and my note was this is a very unique way to build up a tag title match that's being postponed but then the post match saw rodriguez jumped by the returning ronda rousey and Shayna baszler who stated they will continue to beat her up until she defends the titles with or without Liv Morgan, which maybe is a sign of whether they're Unsure if Liv is uh, going to be able to do this match, but it also tells me that um, this postponed match with Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville, maybe we're just going to forget about it entirely and we're just moving on. And that was your conclusion to it tonight. And, uh, and I think we're all
0: fine with that, you know, it, and I think Chelsea and Sonya should be fine with that as well. It gives them something to complain about and more fuel for whatever story that they want to tell uh, to complain about. So It is a good
1: um, um, bit for them to like raquel bypasses them loses the tag titles and then you, you can certainly yeah. like chelsea and sonia can just do whatever character work you can come up with them for
0: oh and then you can understand why they get so much screen time is because they're like very easy to write for devices you know that that can that you can use to to, to kind of promote your baby faces um and yeah they, they're, they're very effective for that reason And i think sonia is a great character um her in ring that i've I've really not been impressed um, thus far, but again, she she does good enough to be, uh, and her acting is strong enough, or at least as this character is strong, it's strong enough that it justifies the role. Um, I thought this was like a good surprise return for Ronda and Shayna. You know, she's been so like low key that I almost forgot that she was drafted as part of this whole thing. I really hope that Can you in imagine this... that that pairing together, Ronda Rousey and Loki, be quite the. <laughs> Yeah, um, I couldn't envision them being friends. Um, <laughs> I, maybe yeah. Rhonda, I really hope Rhonda has been like working on her promos, like in this time off. You know, I thought she sounded fine tonight, but man, she's going to like this is to me what completely derailed her last heel run on SmackDown. It's just like, and I know maybe promos some- she could be
1: studying. <laughs> Raquel, Loki.
0: I think you've been looking at my hair. <laughs> Inferium are How the many people shit. at this point remember that the Loki video? None. Probably none. Because that, it's like that video you... got, like,
1: nabbed pretty early on, and I yeah. do not think it exists, but it's still one of my favorites of all time. Now, I don't even think that many people saw it. it no, just, I don't like, think so. so like for people who don't remember, it I was don't... like... Wait, I don't do these shows with the idea anyone is listening. So it is just for you that I'm trying to like
0: entertain. I'm talking like 10 years ago, 12 years ago. It was, it was more than years. 10 years ago. It was like, definitely more than 10. Somebody did this Loki impression video that just killed like it, it, it was it yeah. was just so good. It was amazing. Like it was it was enough that it was so obvious.
1: Like it's it's not him, but it is so it was a great on point. It was great. Yeah. It was really great. It was the high point of Loki of the past decade imperium is seen shaking hands with paul Heyman, and he's got his visitors pass on his phone which would be a bitch to take that sticker off of your phone like this was right on phone yeah i think Just, that's also meant for fabric you know yeah um anyway part two of cody's uh, or cory graves interview with seth rollins uh about taking risks by leaving the shield which many people th- saw as a risk when people were kind hmm. of a. Uh, You know, at at that point in time, it's not as though Rollins was considered just this guy that, oh, they're all they're all going to be great. It was Rollins was the question mark. I think most had and Mm -hmm. um, ended up being, you know, up until a few years ago, you could say he was, I think, pretty clearly the strongest of the three when Ambrose was still in the company and Reigns was, you know, at, at that point of his career. But the current iteration of himself is the best. He is hands off, his hands are off the wheel, as he says, and he just gets to enjoy it. And they're showing the footage of the fans singing, calling it an organic relationship. He is not forcing the change, the fans are. And he says, when asked why now for a new world title, he says, We need change again. He doesn't feel anyone at the top wants to take any risks, they want to protect themselves rather than take risks. So now, You can do it. Uh, You can do things the way they're supposed to be done with this new world title. And then he has asked his thoughts on Roman Reigns and he takes his glasses off and he says, next week, and it's going to ruffle some feathers, Corey promises. So what a hook for next week. What's he going to say about Roman? Seth Rollins shoots. They're going to come back. He's going to say, no comment.
0: The the videos have been were really good. You know, I, I think it's a different way to promote a guy's campaign for a tunnel run, but I think for that reason it captures your attention. It adds depth of motivation to the character and um saves them from a week of travel. So we what what is all about you know so bad about doing this sort of interview? I hope to see the same with AJ on SmackDown.
1: Yeah. Um we'll we'll see. And uh they're taping both, uh, both weeks on on Friday as well. So maybe you can bank some yeah. interviews uh, for that. I, I thought these were, were good tonight, yeah. um, what you have. I I want them to kind of narrow in on AJ next week as well, kind of build this up. They do need to do, a, I think, a more significant job with AJ because I think he is sort of viewed as sort of the, the placeholder for Seth's win. And, yeah. you know, I, I would want to push this as more than, oh, it's going to be a good match. I, think I
0: hope he explains uh, how he intends on um, leaving SmackDown. To go to Raw if he wins the championship. I would love that explanation. Maybe we'll get uh, Twitch AJ. <laughs> I back in his room and he just. Those and are his best interviews. Okay, when it- he was just taking questions from people and just <laughs> brutally honest. And his son comes in asking, "Dad, aren't you drafted to SmackDown? Why do you want to win this?" Oh, hell, I don't understand. <laughs> that's just comes all. with all the logic.
1: This is like TNA. <laughs> <laughs> this bullshit. Next week in the burgeoning metropolis, Hershey, Pennsylvania, they will get a contract signing between Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus. Owens and Zane with Mystery Man take on Imperium and Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes under the same roof. Which roof Mm -hmm. will it be? Will it be the Hershey Center? Will it be or the Giant Center, whatever it's called? Will they be camping? Will they go to one of one of their houses? Will Brock invite them to the, the ranch? They didn't say what roof. They'd just be under the same roof next week. mm,
0: Tune in to find out.
1: Apollo Crews. Man, they... One thing you can say, they they have not lacked ideas for the man. Whether it be um, Nigerian roots, complete with a spear. Whether it's seeing into the future. Or this one. A man who runs and now wears tights instead of trunks
0: i would say that um they're probably going a bit more minimalist with their push of apollo cruz this time um this seems like it's a very anti non-gimmick just kind of serious hey i have kids i'm trying to be a great moral model for them type of push great drone like fancy drone shots guy running um who, who is your
1: favorite uh, model employee gimmick uh, in history? Who are the who are the best uh, characters that were model
0: employees that were... His gimmick was good parent. Does that really uh, translate that well? I guess Hulk Hogan never really kind of celebrated his parenting skills. Um, trying to think. Neither did like any babyface, really, come to think of it. I don't know if there are too many wrestlers. I mean, Titus O'Neil, really, probably. He, didn't he win an award for being... He did, he did. I wouldn't say that that catapulted him to the top. No. Can you be a great wrestler, like a main main event player, and be a great father at the same time? I think you can be a great father. Um, I think this industry,
1: I think a lot tougher to be a great husband, probably. Hmm. Roman Reigns did did that, like, you know, dad video once. Yeah, that was was nice. Um, But I don't think he's playing the character of a dad. So anyway, well, well see that's not this, is his lone character. this is just the one line of motivation. OK, He's give a it a champion. He's earned his way back and someone his kids can be proud of. This is his time. And think- as we learned in NXT, um, his kids could not be proud of his last character. He said they they, they wouldn't want they stopped watching the main roster when he became this uh, character that now is being outlined in a lawsuit.
0: Right, right, yeah. I think the less said about that for them, probably the better. I don't think they want to remind people of that. Um, no, I think you don't big... think so. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think you're going to get a return to um. What Commander disease, other... Yeah. Nor The what was the other offensive thing that was brought up? Uh... Mansour. Mansour. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna there think were a lot that. of them in there. Um, I I think this video would have been great on its own. Like, I don't think Cruz needed to be in that battle royal and just kind of get taken out, you know, tonight. It
1: was a little backwards, um, with 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 several of them where you got yeah the video package after. Same with JD McDonough, although McDonough did have the the Ziggler thing. Yeah, both of these I think could have aired before the battle royal. Wouldn't have hurt. It it doesn't matter, honestly. It it doesn't for Apollo. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Dominic and Ripley came out for the first commercial break. They would later be ejected to a big pop when they were getting involved. And then as Dominic is on the way to the back, Xavier Woods comes out attacking Dominic. So they will continue that. Then Paul Heyman walks out. We go to a second commercial break. And as they come back, Owens hits a swan dive, but can't go for the cover. Zayn returns to the apron and Zayn and Balor are tagged and... Valor gets hit with a Michinoku driver. We see Heyman speaking on speakerphone and an Imperium appear ringside. Were there more people that they could have get involved in this match if they tried? We well, have Ripley, Dominic,
0: Heyman, Imperium. There are a lot of moving pieces in this story. Obviously. And I, don't, I don't think it's a bad thing, uh, as I'll explain. Let's go okay. on. Okay, I was trying to keep track of all of this. There's a stunner to
1: Priest. Zayn hits an exploder in the corner, hits the Haluva kick, but Imperium distracts the ref. So Owens goes after them, shoves Gunther, and then Priest choke slams Owens on the apron. So he's done. Zayn hits a topic gun hero onto Priest, and then Gunther stops the Haluva kick, allowing for Bal to hit the shotgun drop kick, coup de grace, and Balor pins Sammy Zayn in. In 21 minutes, Paul Heyman smiles on the phone. And yes, Balor and Priest pin your tag champions that either can set up a future match
0: or does not in its uh, direction. Probably likely that it sets up a future match. I mean, it would be pretty awful. I could absolutely see Roman and Solo Sokoa winning these tag titles. That would not stun me. Oh, I just I mean, of course, you know, it's Roman Reigns, you know, after WrestleMania, I think you never really count a Roman victory out on pay-per-view, especially. But it, it seems like pretty again, I don't I, I shouldn't even say it at this point um, for the story purpose. I think
1: Solo losing is more interesting that here is like Solo now is in the bad books of Roman and Roman is. As we get further and further, I felt this the night of, and now that we are six, seven weeks removed from WrestleMania, the, you have to do a hell of a job to convince me that Cody not winning that title on that night was the better idea. This story is so much better if Roman has lost the title and he's just going mad now and he's pushing away the, cl- the only people he has left, yeah. the, his family. I think there's so much more. Cody is on fire as this new champion. It's fresh you've got this engaging feud with brock that is for the belt and roman's got his own thing like there is a great story here that the title to me means so little and you could also have split these titles in a more clean fashion than uh what they have done here but i digress
0: Th- that is a, a digression we could probably spend a whole lot of time on. And and maybe it'll come up um, at this point, maybe at, at end of the year or so. Um, so maybe it might even come up next year if, if they don't pay it off next year. But getting back to tonight's Raw, I, I thought this, yeah, there were a lot of bodies involved in this main event. But I thought it was like a pretty effective juggling of all the pieces here to make Owens and Zane feel like a focal point of the show again. You know Owens and Zayn, even though they were a part of this uh, Usos match at backlash, I really feel like they since got two WrestleMania,
1: they programmed with They did a very good job with Imperium
0: on this three. show. Three, John, like Judgment Day are after them. They've set up a, a tag title match. Okay, you have Imperium after them, and you have Roman and Solo after them. Now everybody wants to take out Owens and Zayn, and I think that in effect has made Owens and Zayn again feel like they're an important part of the show, which they haven't felt since WrestleMania, in my opinion. And the maximum male models are waiting. Well, they're just waiting. Yeah. For the right opportunity.
1: Once I start to think positively. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it was, it was a very good main event. Like it was, it was lengthy, um, but good work between them. And I think that you, I would say for the show, you had some very good promos from Cody Rhodes, from Becky Lynch, the Seth Rollins sit down. I I like the fact that they, did that as opposed to just throwing him on the show in sort of a roundabout way they came up with something different for him i liked what they did with, with imperium and those to me were the strength like you did build up several of these matches for night of champions in a pretty effective way
0: I, I thought it was a strong like storytelling like intro reintroduction type of show that you would expect from like a season premiere type of you know episode um I think they're doing a good job with Gunther doing a good job with Nakamura um they you know at least introduced us and gave us a first program for JD McDonough told us who you know Apollo Cruz um, at least a little bit more of, of, of who he is um, and I think they effectively like are building you know Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn as again another focal point here they're putting a lot of pieces at play somehow being able to tell a Smackdown storyline even on a raw, with a paul heyman visitor pass i i we can scoff at maybe like the 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 concept of this brand split but i i do think it is overall from a big picture being effective being used effectively to you know introduce a lot of people
1: well we, we will see what the where the the end result is uh visitor passes aside but that was a Monday's episode of raw in the books uh, with SmackDown Friday. And then uh, next week they have Hershey taped SmackDown. And then they are into uh, what will be one of the busiest weekends in recent memory. As we have got a WWE uh, night of champions on the Saturday. Then we have NXT battleground and double or nothing head to head. There's an impact show in there as well. It's a, and uh, the best of the super juniors finals are that same day as double or nothing.
0: And, uh, battleground. Jeez, wow, a lot. Um, and we'll be here to cover most of it.
1: Most of it. I mean, let's let's get our our realistic uh, outcome uh, for that weekend. But this week we have you covered on the Post Wrestling Cafe. This coming week we have got Rewind Away with Karen Peterson joining us as we will be reviewing Dream Slam Two, which was headlined by a match that received the Match of the Year Award from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. We will be going through uh, the majority of that card. It's a five-plus hour show. Uh, I watched the second half of it. So we will be going Top through six the matches. results. Top six matches, yes. So that is all going to be coming up on Thursday with Karen Peterson sitting in with us Friday night. We have rewind to smackdown for cafe members and Sunday Karen Peterson and Bruce Lord will be reviewing New Japan's Resurgent show from Long Beach, California featuring Will Ospreay against Hiroshi Tanahashi. John Moxley is on the show, probably a lot of angles to set up Dominion and probably even some maybe um hinting towards Forbidden Door as they start to get closer to that show as well. So all those bonus shows this week PostWrestlingCafe.com, $6 gets you all of our extra bonus shows, all of the archives, and uh plenty more at the cafe. But also, uh this week, what else, way? The NWA podcast coming your
0: way. Yeah. Um feedback is also oh. coming up. <laughs> I totally forgot about feedback. <laughs> Later. I'm so, so tired at this hour, it's folks. All right, John. We have, of course, your chance to Get in on the conversation. You don't have to wait till this weekend, okay? Um, this is a part of the show that we value very much, and you can have your say right now, especially those of you tuning in live at youtube.com slash post wrestling and are kind enough to want to support the channel by sending us a super chat. Let's go first, of all here, too. Hanzi, Hanzi, Busted Open's biggest fan, Hanzi, sends $2.79 to ask Have you guys ever had LaCroix in your eyes after wasabi? LaCroix? No. LaCroix? la croix it's got a hint of lemon yeah uh if given the option um i'd be more afraid of the um fizz like the the bubbles i think it's but i think it's seltzer is it is it seltzery i don't know if i've ever had la-, la croix i've gotten gatorade in my eyes before that's not fun really
1: but probably not as bad as this or wasabi Wasabi, yeah <laughs>
0: The did you think did you think he
1: was just playing that up like the the wasabi stuff to get out of making the call? That's a very interesting. That was my idea. immediate thought. Like it was so yeah. ridiculous that I thought this guy was like literally just trying to get out of this impossible situation where he was watching his journalistic credibility melt to the floor in in front of him and this was his r- way
0: out of it. I never thought about that. I I I I think that could make a lot of sense. Absolutely. But then he did have to suffer the Lacroix in his eyes to really kind of sell it though
1: well that was just the the add-on from, from greg that just didn't he ask to explain it on air he did he wanted he wanted to explain it but then when they had the thing uh pending call yeah. there was no
0: pending they just it called it it was like there was no right. like asterisk there was no cautionary well he wanted to protect his credibility at least you got the sense he wanted to but then what he why would he just throw in the towel and just give up and let let the others take full control i think he got overwhelmed by the moment because he kind of
1: just you know put his tail between mm-hmm. his legs by the end of that and went from you know yeah. the guy standing up for the newsroom to just understanding this this power imbalance and he's just
0: going along for the ride and for people who uh aren't really aware we're talking about the vanderpump rules great episode uh, yeah last week oh i thought we were talking about uh watch what happens next um
1: have you ever watched vanderpump rules never
0: i've only read about it it looks so dumb what what is it what's it about
1: i i only read like uh, a recap of it and i i can't even put it into words you can't judge the show for being bad without actually watching it you know what i went down a rabbit hole and clicked on by my mistake i i really hate how you click on one video and then your algorithm just goes to shit for a week oh and that's gonna get way worse like it'll i know it'll know
0: what you will like a year from now
1: i know yeah i clicked on uh jersey shore reunion dude it's the same people
0: they're back of course and they're what you think they have other generations well yeah of course we can't let go of shit you kidding me we'll be following those that group until like they're 90 i don't know what what stone has been left unturned from that group of friends (laughs) at this point in time people like warm fuzzy feelings okay and you, you cover professional wrestling shit like stone cold steve austin just wrestled last year Everybody wanted Dwayne Johnson coming back this year. Are you kidding there's me? Turnover. There's turnover. There's new people. Yeah, fine.
1: Imagine the, we were covering this with the same six people week
0: after week, year after year. Yeah, but listen, money, there's money to be made, okay? And nostalgia. And these people are, what, parents now, I'm assuming? They are they might be grandparents now, even? I don't know. You know? Yeah. All right. Okay, thank you, Hansi, uh, for the super chat. Anime fan sends 44 shekels. So, I think we could. Uh, I think that's basically a million dollars. So, thank We're you very retiring. much, anime anime fan. He says, Do you guys feel Cody ends the story with the World Heavyweight Championship? I do not. I mean, obviously, like he is not a part of this uh, title match coming up at Night of Champions. And he will certainly, I think within the year, contest Seth Rollins again for it. But, um,. Maybe you know what his path might actually be Gunther. Like I could see Gunther winning it from Rollins and then maybe Cody challenging Gunther. But what, what if he challenges Seth and says if I don't win, I will never challenge for the title ever again. <laughs> well, there's so many world like championships. Like he could actually do that in the WWE and get away with that, you know. I will never challenge for the World Heavyweight Championship, but I could still challenge for the World Championship, the Undisputed, the the Universal Championship, the women's championships. So I, yeah. I think it's going to be a tough dance to keep him... W- without putting that title on him over the next year. I think the story is still going... At this point, like, if Roman's not defending at on this 1,000th day, can you see Roman Reigns dropping this championship before next year's WrestleMania?
1: It's possible. Yeah, you could do it. I would definitely question why you didn't do it at the most opportune time. Like, what makes... Survivors. Or Survivor
0: SummerSlam or Saudi Arabia a more advantageous day. I'm saying I don't think they're more advantageous days. I don't think you find another possibly as perfect of a moment as last year's Wrestle this year's WrestleMania until next year's WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's what I think you would lean towards. And who are your candidates right now if you're going to drag the Roman Reigns championship reign all the way till next year's WrestleMania? Who Cody and Seth. I would say Cody even more than Seth, you know, but who knows what will happen over the next year. And I mean, they're already
1: making like your, your hints towards, you know, Seth and Roman um, that I could certainly see that direction. uh,
0: Yeah. I, I don't know what they're thinking right now, but the only justification I can see with them not crowning Cody this year is that they would want to delay the moment until next year. Do, do the Naito.
1: Well, we'll see. I I don't even know if delaying it is like a great option to to be quite honest. Like what I don't know what you what what are, what are you passing up this year that next year brings you
0: a bigger bigger story, mm. bigger moment. <laughs> right. Another gate
1: continue the story forever. Yeah. I'm also
0: getting tired of the uh the finish the story tagline. It's just one of those. It's just been it just said too much. All right. Let's go to Matt Hahn, who sends five dollars. Thank you, Matt, for the support. He says, Do you think Gunther is going to break Honky Tonk's I C Total rank? Sure. stands at what? I have no idea. It's long. And IC see Total length. I I'm just curious. Um four hundred fifty four days. I think so he's, he at? he's at like a year. So he's still got some time. Um, so... do, do people really care?
1: Like when he when he beats this? Like is this going well, clearly, to really?
0: This, they cared with Bianca just now. They made a story out of it. They didn't with Roman for some reason.
1: But... I'm saying the the average fan uh, does does this matter at all? He's gonna pass I'm it. They, what, uh... do, do you see Gunther celebrating on television like beating the honky tonk man's record? Do you see? I actually
0: yeah, I actually do. I mean, I think it's again, this is part of the criticism of why I don't know their, why they aren't using Roman reigns 1000th uh, reign more, 1000th day more effectively. I think it provides a wonderful storytelling device. And certainly with Gunther. So, by the way, uh, according to Wikipedia, he's already number three. OK, and he's at, currently at three hundred forty days. so it's only one hundred. And so he's already the dates. longest reigning of the modern era. <laughs> that is right? correct. They never yes. mentioned that.
1: Well, <laughs> who was the longest after 2005? Can you scroll down? I mean, who
0: who did he beat uh, for the modern era record? Because that is post 2005 Shelton. Shelton Benjamin. Oh, uh, that was 2004. So uh, not modern. Cody actually, 236. They blew it. <laughs> they had such I, a grand opportunity. Well, what is, what is should we do? All, the whole math, like what, what's 114 days from now? 114 days from now. This is going to be the longest Rewind of Raw in history. September 7th, 2023. It's a Thursday. Okay.
1: It's a Thursday. Okay. So they'll do a return of Thursday, Raw th- Thursday, where Wayne Ferris <laughs> is going to come back. He's going to challenge Gunther. If, if we ever got Gunther and Wayne Ferris for two minutes on Raw, it would make this whole title reign worth it. I would I would eat my words here and say this was definitely right. worth it. I think yeah. he should join Imperium. Honky. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I'm never going to turn down a. I think a he Wayne should Ferris play. You know, Honky Tonk Man should play the Imperial, <laughs> the Gun- <laughs> Gunther theme, the Walter theme,
1: and then they come down in the a, in, a, in a Cadillac at a next year's
0: WrestleMania yeah. together. Perfect. Book it right now. Rhythm and I, Bruise. I think because they love like these sort of like record things, and because it's relatively close, I think I I could see Gunther holding it until September. Yeah. Thank you for that. Okay. Yeah is that all that's it let's go to uh, a forum.postwrestling.com where we have one piece of feedback here from muggin who says the newer faces on raw made it feel fresher the vignettes did a good job of getting the casual viewer up to speed on who they are the background shot of balor during mick don't google me's skit is a sign to judgment day is a sign that judgment day might go from four to five a battle royal was solid as it gave most to Lee, a nice boost to face Gunther and Jeddah. I hope it isn't a squash. Reigns casting a dark cloud over Owens and Zayn getting attacked on all fronts by Judgment Day and Imperium only amplifies the drama heading into Jeddah. And yes. Um Yeah, do you think much will be made of JD McDonough, Jordan Devlin, and everything that went on during speaking up?
1: Um my impression is probably not. Same I here.
0: It like it's, it seems very similar to, to the riddle situation to me. And that like, because there hasn't really been any sort of um, I don't, I'm not even completely up to date on all the in- new information that's out there. So, but clearly it's at a place where WWE has been very comfortable putting him on TV for the past year plus and comfortable enough to bring him up on the main roster. Um, but because there's always going to be that sort of inconclusiveness it's still going to kind of linger, you know, especially like upon a person's re-debut.
1: Yeah, I think it's, if they are comfortable with with them, they are going to move forward. And I don't think it's going to impact them in in terms of their thinking. And I think they believe with the audience that it's a relatively small number that are going to uh, raise those. And they are willing to uh, absorb that that criticism that Mm -hmm. that they will get from, from some people. But I think the they're just thinking as we are just going to move full steam ahead and people will move on or, or not think about it or just not, um, not vocalize it in such a way that it's going to impact our, our plans for somebody. Right. That is going to bring an end to Rewind Raw. So thank you to everybody for joining us. We have the whole schedule up at postwrestling.com if you want to check out our, our shows. Lots of big stuff coming this week. Wednesday, we will be live immediately after Dynamite and probably chatting a lot about the big announcement that they will be making on Wednesday. Announcement or announcements. We will be discussing all of it. So have a great week and we will speak to you on Wednesday.